Do you believe Jesus loves you? Why do you think Jesus loves you? Because he cares for us. I think Jesus loves me because um, he died for our sins. Um, I think Jesus loves us because um, he created us and we're like his children. Does your mom love you? Yes! How do you know your mom loves you? Because she makes me kiss a deal. I love my mom because she lets me play on her computer and phone and she buys me games. Because um, she tucks me in at night, she gives me kisses and she, she gives she tells me a good um, a bedtime story. Well, I love you most days. <laughs> And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So, we, can we thank our kids that, that performed this morning as well as on there? What a beautiful job. You know, as we go through this series of simple truth, isn't it true that, that children are very simple? They don't think like how we do as adults. For instance, if you were to ask a child if Jesus loves you, normally they would say, yes. But if you ask an adult that, they, we know that Jesus loves us, but then there are times where we question if he really does because of the things we've done. And so there's a difference with children and then as, uh, for us as adults. Now, I have uh, with me a shoe, and I'll explain that because you're probably wondering why I have a, a shoe and a rose, but uh, it, it has to do with this morning. We're going to be talking about the simple truth that Jesus loves you. If you don't know that Jesus loves you by now, then let's start with that today, that Jesus loves you. It's not based on how good you are. It's based on how good he is. And in this series that we're going to go through, we're going to be talking about simple truths. You can take out your notes from your bulletin. And I want to explain something to you. A couple months ago, uh, while I was praying, I really felt the Lord saying, uh, we kind of went into a little rut uh, as a church when it came to taking notes and uh, you know, scriptures and things like that. And so for a season, if you've been here, we didn't have any points to write down. Uh, we had the scriptures. And part of that was it caused us to really, really dig deeper and not just surface listen for the points, but really let God speak to us on what he wanted us to learn. And so we would write our own points. And so that was because it can become a habit for us just to attend church, write down points, and then we're done. So the challenge was for us to go a little deeper. But because we have our Wednesday equip, equip and disciple on, on Wednesday night, that helps us as believers to grow deeper in the Lord. Sunday mornings are more geared towards the non-believer, people who are finding the Lord or maybe they're searching for their relationship with God or even searching for the things of God. And so if you'll notice in our bulletin this morning, we have actually seven key points that we're going to be going through about the love of Jesus Christ and the characteristic qualities of the love of Jesus. And that's for you when you invite your family and friends, that if they don't know the Lord, it's easy for them to just write down some points. As believers, we can write down the point, but we can also write on the side. We can turn the paper over. Some of us do that. By the time we go home, we have a whole list of things and many things to work on. And we want to continue to grow in that way. 
But I, I just want to encourage you, if you have not been here on Wednesday nights, you can still come on Wednesday night. It's just a great time. We had our first session uh, this past week, and it was phenomenal. We had our, our we call it New Beginnings uh, that we met in here, and that's for the new believer or for those who are new to our church. And you want to learn a little bit more about what New Hope Hila Hawaii is about. We also have our marriage session that's happening in there, and then outside in the covered courtyard, we have uh, the Bible study going through the book of Acts. And it's a, it's a really great time to dig a little deeper. Plus, it's a smaller group setting uh, than what we see on Sunday mornings. So you can, you can uh, learn a little bit better. People can ask questions. You can dialogue. You can ask questions. Uh, but then you can also uh, develop small groups together. So there's a reason why we do it that way. We want, as the church becomes bigger, you know, we can lose the, the relationship building time. And so that's what our Wednesday equipped services look like. Uh, and if you want to be a part of that, then go to the information center, grab a, a, a little brochure that we have, and you can see what we're doing, and that's on Wednesday night. So hopefully you can do that. Well, this morning, uh, as we talk about the simple truth, think about it. Mankind, us, and those who invent things, usually will invent something so that it makes life easier. Some of the greatest inventions came out of being lazy. For, for instance, the remote control. The remote control is developed so that we don't have to get up and walk to the TV. The problem with that is if you lose your remote control, <laughs> then you're searching all over the place for it. That's why you have children. So you tell them, go change the channel. So we, we develop certain things because of laziness. But there are certain inventions that we create, not out of laziness, but to do our very best to advance uh, humanity, communication, and things like that. Uh, for instance, your smartphone. You know, it, it's supposed to have made life easier. But when it doesn't work, it makes life difficult. You get frustrated. So it, it goes both ways. But really, we try our very best to make things simpler. But if we really look at it, life is not simple anymore. It has become a little bit more complicated, and if we're not careful, that can actually become a pattern as a Christian that we, we miss God's simplicity. Jesus is simple because truth is simple. Now, I want to show you a picture in a little bit, and they're going to get ready for that, but there was this lock. You know when you go to the hotel room, you have that uh, lock on the inside with the chain, or some of you have it on like an apartment door. But you, you have that chain so that uh, no one can get in, and, there, and it's locked. Well, a couple of establishments uh, developed this one chain lock that was called the labyrinth chain lock, and it was created to make life easier for owners and employees of establishments that served alcohol or alcohol-based beverages, and it helped them to identify those customers who have had too much to drink. So the lock wouldn't be just a slide lock. This is to go into the restroom now. It wasn't just a slide lock or just to open the door. You had to go through a maze, and that's the maze. Now, the, what was supposed to make it easy for someone made it difficult for others. Those who really needed to go to the restroom couldn't figure it out because they're under stress that they really had to go to the restroom. So it worked uh, good for the employees and the owners, but it didn't work well for those who were sober 
who had to use the bathroom. And so <laughs> that was supposed to make life easier, but it made it more difficult for certain people. That can become us as believers. That what is supposed to be easy in God's simple truth, we make it difficult and difficult to live by. And God wants to bring us back to the simple truth. Nothing complicated, just the simple truth. Now, many times we do have a difficult time understanding Jesus' love for us. For whatever reason, it could be because of upbringing or, or uh, because of various circumstances that has, has caused, caused pain and grief in our lives. But there's, there's just that doubtful thinking sometimes that I don't know if Jesus loves me because I did this or because I've been through that. But the fact is, and the simple truth is, that Jesus loves you. Now, I have this shoe and a rose, and I'm going to explain this. And uh, this shoe represents man, man's attempt to do their very best to be successful, working, uh, providing for their family, and trying to step it up in the world. So that's what this shoe represents. It's a brand new shoe. Uh, it's it's a, a shoe that uh, is supposed to help you not play better, but keep your feet protected while you play a sport. This rose represents the woman. The woman that is created by God in all of her beauty that God says, this is who you are in my sight. And the woman is the one that says, I want to stay beautiful. I want to do great things. I want to be the best mom. I want to be the best daughter. I want to be a woman of God. That's what this rose represents. So what I'm going to ask you to do is pass this around. And I want everyone to get a hold on it. Now, this is my shoe. It's a brand new shoe, so don't worry. There's nothing on it. Thanks, Matt. And that, that's a brand new rose. So I just want you to pass it around while we talk about it this morning. Uh, and don't get distracted by it. And don't keep it. Don't think like, oh, thank you for the rose. It's not for you. It's for all of us today. And you can just pass it around. Uh, and then at the end, uh, we'll, we'll collect it back. So I don't know how we're going to do that. We might have to keep an eye on where the rose is, okay? But don't get distracted as best as possible. Uh, keep focused. But we're, we're going to get back to the, the shoe and the rose. In high school, and many of us had played sports in high school, or maybe you're, you're still playing sports. Uh, one thing about sports is... Whenever you're on a team, you have to practice to get better. In high school, if you don't practice, you don't play. If you don't have the proper grades, you don't play. Well, in high school, I played football, and I loved football, and, but I, I didn't go to practice as much as I should have. I, 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 I just like playing the game. And practice time to me was boring, so I didn't start. And the coach knew that I didn't have a, a passion for practice time. But it would show up during game time because he just wouldn't play me. I would play every so often, and, and whenever uh, they needed me, then I would jump in. And I wouldn't give 100% uh, during practice. And so the coach picked up on that. And so my playing time was sporadic. And my abilities on and off the field uh, began to diminish I didn't study the plays. I wasn't doing well in school. And we've been taught that in a sporting game. You know, this week, some of you have your, your sports uh, jersey on because you're, you're, uh, you have your favorite team on. I see Steelers Nation and Brandon, you have a 
cowboy in the Steeler Nation. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> and then I know we have Rams over here. We have, is that uh, Falcons? Oh, Tampa Bay. Okay, so we have different, different teams represented here. I never had a football team all my life growing up, and I love football. And so I made it a point to choose a team this year once and for all. And so I got many comments through Facebook on what team I should pick. Uh, I probably had 10 people say the 49ers. I had maybe two or three that said Steelers. I had a couple people warn me not to pick the Cowboys because Heidi is a Redskins fan. She likes the, the Washington Redskins. And so uh, I, 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 I thought, what am I going to do then? So I actually picked a team. And you're gonna, you may be surprised, but there's a reason why. So my team, once and for all, is the Detroit Lions. I know I would have gotten that, and let me tell you why. Because Jesus is the Lion of Judah. That's why. I went biblical on this. I'm going super spiritual. I looked at their stats. Last year, they did good for the first four games. And then after that. But I, I just looked at that, and, and, uh, and I thought, you know, it's, it's a fun way to connect. Because you're going to see people throughout this season, and, and if you do wear your jerseys on Sunday morning, uh, you're going to catch some flack. But that's okay. And I, I didn't wear a jersey because I, I had till this morning to finalize my team. But I looked at that team, and I thought, they can build. They will have to build from this point on. Football, sports, any type of physical activity, in order for you to be successful in it, you must love it. You must have a passion for it. Jesus is successful with his relationship with us because he loves us, because he has a passion for us. That's why he died on the cross, because he has a passion for us. You will notice that Jesus will continuously pursue us. In our notes, Jeremiah, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, if you think about it, as we're growing up as children, we, we understand that Jesus loves us. Or if not, we understand giving 100% whether it's playing sports or, or doing homework or f- studying for a test, we give 100%. Without 100%, then you have an excuse to opt out. Jesus gave his love for us 100%. If he didn't love us 100%, he would have opted out right before the cross. But he chose to go through with dying for you and I for our sins so that we could have eternal life with God. The Bible tells us this simple truth. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Most of us are drawn to God because of his everlasting love. His everlasting love actually means that there is no beginning or end. And if you are taking notes, you can write this down. The love of Jesus is everlasting. There is no beginning and there is no end. It's everlasting. That means that there's nothing you can do 
that will make God love you anymore. And there's nothing that you can do that will make God love you any less. And because God sent his one and only son to die for us, it shows how much he loves us. That God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit loves us with an everlasting love. Now, we'll use God and Jesus interchangeably as we talk about it this morning, but God and Jesus are one, and so is the Holy Spirit. It's three in one. It's everlasting. That's the kind of love God has. Ephesians 1, 4, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His love is everlasting. The second thing Jesus' love is, is it's secure. His love is secure. Not only is it everlasting, but it's secure. His love cannot change based on your performance. It just doesn't change. Now, security systems are big business. Cameras, uh, you know, security uh, alarms, big business. But no security system can stop people. We've seen that. I mean from the early days of our history with guards that were bribed so that they can get into a castle. Uh, Remember the Trojan horse? When they brought that horse, it was a gift, but that's where all the warriors hid. So they were able to breach security. Some of the best security systems were broken into. We don't have the security on this earth to stop people. The Watergate scandal to identity theft to data hacking. We've seen our share of security breaches, credit card fraud. Some of us have been duped by credit card fraud. We looked at our bill and we thought, "What? I wasn't in Washington, D.C. And then we call our credit card company and we find out someone stole our identity or our credit card number. We've just recently seen one with major uh, corporations that were hacked into their systems and stole many uh, credit cards and numbers. And then they sell it to big businesses Uh, that do illegal business with credit cards and then they sell it to other people. And so data is breached. We see that happening all the time. In a recent blog, I read this, that the biggest challenge to data security is never external, but from the enemy within. While most are criminal, the most sensitive data breaches were perpetrated by people acting in accordance with their conscience and, so they hoped, in the public interest. Whatever your stance on their actions, one thing remains clear. No system is impregnable. No system. See, Jesus' love for us is secure because his love is not secure in us. It's secured in Him. We don't, we don't have the security as a human being to so-called lock in God's love for us. Because isn't it true that even His love for us, even though we know He loves us, even that kind of fluctuates from day to day because of our sinful nature. But He says, I love you with an everlasting love and my love is secure. I loved you even before the world was made. I love you and I chose you. To be without fault in my eyes. Do you know what that means? It doesn't give us a license to sin. It gives us a reason to come back to him when we do sin. It gives us a reason to continue to love him back. Romans 8, 35 through 39, it says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
just as it is written. For your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. Let's read this part together. Okay, ready? Go. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's not in us that makes it secure. It's in Him that makes His love in us secure. The love of God is not birthed in us to God, it's birth from God to Christ to us. So his love is secure. The third thing is that his love is empowering. He has an empowering kind of love. See, our, our lives become unstable due to our misunderstanding or misinterpretation of what should anchor us. We, we think that there are things in our lives that that should anchor us other than the love of God. But we've, I mean, think about it. We've just learned from Hurricane Isel that trees with shallow roots will fall over and cause major damage. In fact, we're still trying to help people. Uh, I think this week and maybe next week we're, we're helping. This is kind of like our phase two. Phase one was uh, getting people ice, uh, water, and food. Uh, this one is we're helping people just chop down trees in their yard, removing it from their driveway. Uh, one guy uh, that we're going to help fell on his water catchment. So we're just trying to help people. But we noticed that the trees with the shallow roots, they didn't last when the winds came. And life is windy. Life has its storms. And sometimes we encounter hurricanes from work or from our finances or our, uh, an illness or even family problems, or ministry, or people, college, education, even our bills. It can cause a storm. Ephesians three seventeen through 19, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Did you catch that? Your roots grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, not hear about it, not see it plastered somewhere, but may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Did you know that if you don't accept Jesus' love for you, you will always feel incomplete? You will always feel like there's something else out there. There's always, you're always going to feel like he needs to change for me to be complete. She needs to change for me to be com complete. That's not biblical. What's biblical is Jesus' love makes us complete. And when you understand that Jesus' love makes us complete and it makes you complete, then now you're not trying to perform for people for acceptance. You're, 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 you're actually developing an attitude for God rather than for people. 
Yet that you're, you're actually living for God to please Him, not necessarily to please people. And let me tell you this, when you live to please God, everyone else is pleased because you become who He made you to be. His love is so empowering that we're able to love others even when we don't feel like it. 1 John 4.19 tells us we love because he first loved us. His love is empowering. Number four, his love, Jesus' love is fail-proof. It's fail-proof. Imagine that, that all our lives we grew up succeeding and failing, doing well and failing. But with, when it comes to the love of Jesus Christ, it's fail-proof. His love never fails. Nothing in this world is fail-proof. I have my, uh, my iPhone. Uh, I don't know if it's down there, Matt, but I have a case around it. Oh, thank you. And it has an otter box around it, and this otter box protects it. That's what it's called. Well, I needed light on it, so you know how you can just turn it on and uh, you have this light on the outside? Well, I had this on my truck, and it was kind of up like this, and it was on the, the bumper, and my tailgate opened sideways. So we were in the back there, and it was dark, so I put it there. Well, I had this on the bumper, and so I loaded up some things on my truck, and then I closed the door, the, the tailgate. And as I'm closing it, it's one of those, no, and I, I couldn't get it in time. And it slammed my phone, and it fell on the ground. And I was like, no, my phone. And so I picked it up, and, you know, I'm all shaking. I'm like, oh, what happened, what happened? And so I looked at it, and it, it got smashed, and it kind of curved, but the otter box took the hit. And when I took out my phone, there was no damage. The volume was a little sticky. You know, it got stuck. But all I did was just bend it back. And then it's fine. Now, the, the otter box took the, you know, the brunt of the hit. But the, the phone also took a hit. But it works fine. And I thought, some marriages and some relationships are based on human love. It can take some hits. This can take some hits. It can. I can drop it right now. And it's okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, it's fine. It can take some hits. But if you start making a fire, and you throw this in, it's done. Marriages can take hits. Families can take hits. You at work, you can take some hits because we have a human love sometimes. Human love can only go so far, even in our marriages. If it's a human love, it can take some hits. But you throw your marriage in the fire, you're done. You throw your family through the fire, you're done. Any relationship through the fire, you're done. Unless it has something that is more powerful than human love that is fail-proof. And it's the love of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. I knew I'd get some snickers, <laughs> some, some little laughs here and there. Love is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. 
never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, let's read this together. Love never fails. Jesus' love is fail-proof. Psalms 103, verse 11 says, For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. As great as, as the height of the heavens above the earth. Now, when we were growing up, you know, uh, and then, you, you know, when Heidi and I met, we would say, oh, I love you to the moon. Oh, my love for you is, is bigger than this. My love for you is like the sun shining on the brightest day. And we say that to our children. I love you to the moon and back. Oh, I love you around the earth. I love you to infinity and beyond. And, and we say those things. But, but God says, I love you as the heights of the heavens are above the earth. In other words, if you were to look into deep space, and we have telescopes that do that, that have not reached the edge, that's what God is saying, how, how my love for you is. There is no edge to it. It's fail-proof because it's constant. His love, number five, is evident. Jesus' love for us is evident. Jesus shows his love for us, not just says it. He actually shows it to us. I, th I think we've said that before. You know, when we tell someone, I love you, over and over, but we keep making mistakes. I love you, I love you. Keep making a mistake. Oh, I'm so sorry, but I love you. Finally, you come to a point. Don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. Well, I don't know if I do. I buy you gifts. No, I don't want that. I want your loyalty. I want your faithfulness. I want to know that I can trust you. See, love has to be shown. It has to look like something. And Jesus did that. Romans 5.8 tells us, but, the, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. His love is evident. Number six, Jesus' love for us is fatherly. He has a fatherly type of love. That's the love that he has. He's God the Father. And he has that kind of love for us. 1 John 3, 1, it says, See how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children, and that is what we are. We're His children. We're His children. And we have a perfect Father. His love is unconditionally given to us. He has that kind of love. His love is protective and affectionate, just like a father's love, or a father's love should be. Now, once we mention that God's love is fatherly, many of us, we don't have a, a, a good picture of a father because of our earthly father, but we have two fathers, one earthly father and then our father in heaven. Yes, our earthly fathers may not have done what we would want them to have done, or they didn't love us as what we wanted or, or treat us how we wanted but your second father, or actually your first father, which is God, he loves you with a fatherly kind of love. He's affectionate toward you and I, and he loves us that much as a father should. Zephaniah 3.17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. You ever sang to your children? Like when my kids were babies, you know, I would sing to them and then, you know, sing them to sleep and, and rock them to sleep or whatever it is. Now that I sing and they're adults, they're like, Dad, please, come on. So, but when they're children, you can sing over them. My grandchildren, 
When I see that they're tired, sometimes they're falling asleep while they're eating and they're, because they're hungry, and, but it's so relaxing. That never changes, does it? I mean, even as adult men, after we eat, we go sleep. So it starts off when we're babies. But then you pick them up and then you carry them and then you, you sing over them or you lay them down and you go, go nai-nai, nai-nai, or you sing a song over them. Picture God doing that with you and I. He sings songs over us. If you, if you have a hard time with anger, let God sing over you. Just, just be still and know that he is God. Listen to worship songs or, or songs that have uh, worship to it, you know, that, that exalts God. And just listen to that. It calms you down. Invest in your worship to God. Now, we have technology, and if I just go on to a, 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 a music site that I can download music... It's only like 99 cents. It's worth the price to invest in our worship to God because he has a fatherly love towards us. Now, not only do our children love when we sing to them and put them to sleep, but we love that too as parents. We sing over our children. And God sings over us because he loves us, because we're his children. He has a fatherly love. The last thing that Jesus' love is, number seven, is Jesus' love is giving. He has a giving kind of love. Galatians 2.20 says that I have been crucified with Christ. It is, I, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That word gave. He didn't wait for you and I to become better. He didn't wait for you and I to behave better. He didn't wait for you and I to get our act together. He gave it because his love is giving. That's what he knows to do, to give love. John 3.16, we all know this scripture, and if you don't, we're going to read this together and kind of put this to heart. And then when we come to the word gave, say that with a little bit more emphasis, okay? We're going to read John 3.16. Ready? Go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't it amazing that his love is giving? Now if you look at all of these traits or these, these qualities of Jesus' love for us, that's the kind of love, of love we should have towards one another. We should have a giving love, a fatherly love, or if you're a mom, a motherly kind of love. Our love should be evident. Our love should be fail-proof because it's the love of God. Our love should be empowering. That when we love other people, sometimes it's challenging, but it should empower them. That's the kind of love that God has for us. We should have a secure love because His love is, it brings us security. So because our love is in Him, that's where our security is. And our love should be everlasting. We should have that kind of love for one another. Now, I know we're still passing around the, the rose and the, sh uh, the shoe and the rose. I don't know if we're done. Can we get that? Um, who, where's, where's our floor person? Oh, Dr. Robin, thank you. I don't know where the shoe is. But I just want to... Did somebody take it? There's only one, so... <laughs> you can't... Can we go get the shoe? Yeah. Oh, right there, Joey. Can you grab the shoe, please? Yeah. I don't know if everyone had the opportunity, but if not, that's okay. There, I'll just grab it. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, oh, it's a little wilted. <laughs> so the story of the shoe and the rose. There was a crowd that was gathered together. And the person that wanted to give this shoe away and the rose away did the very same thing that I just did. He passed it around and he said, you know, this shoe is worth a lot, so why don't you take a look at it? And, and everybody did. They, they passed it around and they took a look at it. And he said, that shoe represents man. That a man, when he goes in this world and, and walks in this world and tries to become successful, will go from person to person, job to job, place to place, and family to family, and try his very best to be successful. But after a few rounds, it's a little worn out. It's a little dirty on the bottom. Laces are a little tweaked. And it's, it's, not as, it's not as new as it was before. Well, the rose is like the woman who, who lives her life to be as beautiful as possible. This leaf is actually broken. Uh, this is kind of withered. It's now a little dead on the, on, the, on the edges. And it's wilting a little. And it represents a woman when she goes on in life that after a while... She doesn't feel beautiful anymore. She feels that because of a certain relationship or what someone said or what someone did or when, I, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're not as beautiful as you once were. And so you, you've, been, you've been around in life where, where maybe you, you were heading for this career but something happened in your life and so your plans changed drastically. You had dreams for your life and that changed drastically. You had plans for your family but that all changed because of certain circumstances and because of that you're weary and you're wilting. And the man stood there and he says, who in the world would want the shoe in the rose now? It's not brand new anymore. It's used. It's worn. The rose is no longer beautiful, it's wilted. Who in the world would want this rose? And he cried out into the crowd, anybody want this rose? Anybody want this shoe? And everyone turned away and they said, why would we want something that's worn down? Why would we want something that was once beautiful? What would we see in that? And as the man was about to just throw this and toss it, someone yelled from the back, Jesus wants the rose. Jesus wants that shoe. Because he can turn that which is old and used, and, used and, and broken and, and worn down, he can make it brand new again. And the, the state in which it began will never compare to the rebirth that Jesus can do in making something that has been through a lot when he makes it brand new again. And so the man came forward and took the shoe and took the rose and presented it to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ took the shoe and the rose, gave his life for it, died. So that which is old would die with him. But then he resurrected from the grave, becoming brand new, eternally 
new. And now says with us, you can rise again and become new in me. Here's the simple truth. Jesus loves you that much. That when everyone else turns their back on you, he's the only one that will step forward because he knows your potential. It's not about the exterior. It's really about what he's doing on the inside as well as what he's going to do for all of eternity. The next time you start evaluating yourself, you look at your mistakes, your flaws, or you look at yourself in the mirror, or if you're successful or unsuccessful due to the ways of the world, stop and remember the the shoe in the rose that Jesus gave his life for you because he loves you. And that's the simple truth. Would you bow your heads with me as we conclude in prayer? Lord Jesus, your love for us, sometimes it's hard to understand. But with you, when we build this relationship with you, as we walk with you in this life, and as we continue to look to you, then things become a little bit more clearer. For some of us, we just needed a reminder of your love for us. And I pray that as we walk out of these doors, we would never forget how much you love us. That's where our security comes from. That's, that's where, where our identity comes from. And so, Lord, would you just fill us afresh with your love? I pray for any man this morning that have been feeling worn down, feeling unsuccessful, feeling like a failure, feeling like he didn't do much in his life or maybe missed the dream and, and missed the mark that he would start fresh today with you and your plans that you have for him because your plans are for good to give him a future and a hope. He's successful not because of the accolades or because of the career or how many, how many things he can accomplish or his bank account, but he's really successful because of who you are and who you are in him and who he is in you. I pray for any woman here today that maybe she's been feeling a little wilted, broken down, a little damaged. Or maybe through life that she's been worn down around the edges and no longer feels the beauty that she once had. That she would be reminded that her beauty is in you. That your love for her is what, what brings the beauty out. And we live in a world that says something different. But as a believer, Lord, we're not of this world. Our home is in heaven. And we want to believe in what you're saying. You have loved us with an everlasting love. That even before the world was made, you loved us and chose us to be holy and without fault in your eyes. And I pray that for every woman here today, that she would never again look at her faults and her flaws, but she would look at how beautiful she is in your eyes. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that we remember how much you love us, that you were willing to die for our sins. And that's a simple truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen.